approaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Fantasy Coaches. I am your host, as always, Coach Steve. Uh, we got another fun episode for you guys today. We are talking tight ends, breakouts, bust, and sleepers. We got a fun game today. We have a bunch of news to get through, uh, so we're going to get right into the action. No Coach John today. He's got a, a, a liquor tasting today. He, he lives a pretty fun life, uh, but he will not be joining us today's show. And, of course, we have Coach Jibs on the show. What's going on, Jibs? Howdy. What's going on, my man? Just another day in fantasy land. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And of course, we have a longtime friend of ours, Dave. What is going on, brother? How are you? I'm doing great, man. Glad Welcome to be here. back. Welcome back. So we're glad to have you. So. <laughs> All right, guys. So like I said, we have a lot to talk about today. We're going to get right into it. We're not going to mess around today. Uh, so we're going to get right into the news. There's a lot of fun things to talk about here. So uh, I'll start at the top here. Uh, obviously, we we talked about last show, and I had to delete some of our content because we were talking about Saquon and James Robinson potentially playing a role this year. Obviously, that got kind of squished down to the ground a little bit, obviously, with Saquon signing his one-year deal to stay with the Giants this coming season. We'll see how hard he works, but he is going to be back this year, obviously. Uh, a guy we're going to be talking about in a little bit, Cole Komet, signed a nice four-year, $50 million <laughs> extension uh, to stay with the Chicago Bears, definitely, definitely good for those who have him in Dynasty. Obviously, it's a great thing. Uh, Sony Michelle retires uh, five years in the league. He is done now. And then the Rams go and sign Royce Freeman, a uh, name that you probably remember back in his days in Denver uh, when his he had hype for a season. Uh, but he signs there to compete for that backup job behind Cam Maker, the name to probably remember for their waiver wires during the season. So uh, obviously Dalvin Cook, Zeke Elliott, both made some visits over the weekends. Cook went to the Jets. Uh, Zeke went over to the Patriots. So they're making their rounds, trying to find a job for the 23 season. Uh, this is interesting. I want to get your guys' take if you guys are concerned at all. But uh, Zach Charbonnet and Ken Walker both out a while with injuries. Does this concern you guys at all going into draft? So we're getting close to draft season it's less than like a couple of weeks away now. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's concerning. Anytime people miss time, it's concerning. And then it, like you're looking at both of them, um, not you know, having a very short window before they have to turn around and play. And so you see it sometimes with these holdouts and things like that. You can have other injuries, soft tissue injuries and stuff because the conditioning's not the same when you're rehabbing from an injury or sitting on the sideline versus, you know, full participant training camp. Uh, I'm a little worried. I don't know what the injuries were specifically, but um, I would say like, hopefully that drives down Kenneth Walker's price. Cause I do not like him where he's going around like round three, round four right now, or early round four. So if that could go down a little bit. That's all in our favor. As so, the season approaches. So Ken Walker has a groin injury right now, and oh. Zach Charbonnet has a shoulder injury. So those are the injuries of these guys. Um, mm. 
definitely you don't want i'm definitely going to be watching what the injury can injury recovery and the injuries continuing over this next month because i probably would want to stay away from both these guys but it actually might have helped ken walker a little bit i mean i know both these injuries kind of suck but keeping zach charbonnet off the field as a rookie to learn and everything like that is definitely going to help ken walker out i think maybe a little bit we'll see we'll see how long they're both out for obviously guys like kenny mcintosh uh dj dallas might creep in at the end of your drafts now a little bit. I don't know how you guys feel about them. I don't know if that is something you guys would consider now taking a late, late round flyer on these guys in the late the second, the last pick of your drafts. Yeah. Kenny McIntosh is the one that's trending, you know, as far as the like sleeper, like a very added player um, in dynasty. <laughs> yeah. And some people might have DJ Dallas. I think for redraft purposes, this doesn't mean anything for those guys, but I will say this. If you see them sign players, don't overreact. If they signed like Ezekiel Elliott or Leonard Fournette or Kareem Hunt tomorrow, that's a sign there's a problem. But if they go and sign some camp bodies, then like don't panic. Let other people panic. And like Jeb said, hopefully you get a discount on um, Ken Walker when it comes draft season. Absolutely. And of course, uh, obviously some big drama news that's coming in the world right now is Jonathan Taylor possibly putting on the NF, NFI and the injury, uh, NFL non-injury list. Uh, obviously, he had a discussion with the owner, Jim Irsay, this past weekend, and now he quested a trade. And now there's a potential injury he had for private workouts. And, and then he said, it's not an injury. I don't have an injury. Uh, so does this concern you guys wanting to draft Jonathan Taylor this year? Because <laughs> it is for me. <laughs> I don't know if I want to touch Jonathan oh, Taylor in draft. It's like it seems like a ticking time bomb. Like hopefully, like it does get resolved before the season starts. But like, there's already like bad optics about like how the offense is going to look or how he's going to perform with the offense. So like, eh, it's it's looking like it's a, a no go for me. Hopefully, I don't have to deal with the decision. Yeah, it's a it's a big concern. And like I said, we we've seen this happen where players they hold out or they do something where they miss time. And then next thing you know, they have a groin injury or a hamstring injury or a calf injury. And then it takes eight weeks for them to get better. And it's like, is it, did it take eight weeks for them to get better or were they just milking it because they didn't care? Uh, I mean, I don't know. But, like, I do think that conditioning is a huge part. And people that, like, like every season we have, oh, this guy's on a – he's on a suspension, so he's going to be a discount. Go pick him up in your drafts. How many people did that with Michael Thomas last year? Like the year before, I forget maybe who it was, but like these guys that start off with injuries tend to get hurt again. Yes, that's exactly. I It's the best way to put it, honestly. That's why Jonathan Taylor and now these two Seattle running backs are players I'm definitely pushing down my one ability board for sure because I don't want to deal with injuries. Injuries are never good prior to the season. So, And, of course, to, to stay in Indianapolis, Zach Moss, broken arm, out six weeks now at least. Uh, so there goes the Zach Moss hype right out of the door really quickly. Uh, but now we have uh, Deion Jackson, Evan Hall. Uh, do these guys now intrigue you guys for the season now? Redraft season? Uh, they'll have some appeal, we, but... They might they might be starters, you know, so we'll have to see. But they could be starting early on in the season. Uh, well, we'll see in a couple of weeks. I don't want to, like... 
get the hype train going, you know, like, but you should it. do, you should keep an eye on the situation and take like, I guess, take a flyer on Evan Hall in the late rounds if you're drafting this early. Sickos. If you have Jonathan Taylor, you have to get some type of insurance because of the unknown right now. And unfortunately, we don't know who it is. Um, honestly, based on the way they used Zach Moss at the end of the season last year, I would say it would be Zach Moss over the other guys. They did play Zach Moss over Deion Jackson at the end of the year last year, and Moss was 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 all right. It's a different offense, different scheme, and Evan Hull is is new, but Evan Hull didn't get like third round draft capital or anything. So I, I think you maybe take the cheapest guy that's available and and try to hedge your bets if you have Taylor. If not, I'm I'm really going to avoid the situation. Let somebody else deal with it. Yeah, agreed. And I could I, I, if things get worse, I could I really could see like like a Zeke or a Kareem Hunt ending up here just because teams want to be competitive. I'd be wild, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, there's a Jonathan Adams can play week one and call it a day. But again, things like this you need to keep your eye on as we progress the rest of this next month here. So. Uh, of course, some sad things. Tim Patrick, torn Achilles, left leg, already out for the season. Hate to hear that after missing all of last season. He's already 29 years old. Definitely a major blow uh, to those who like Tim Patrick, like myself. Uh, KJ Hamler is getting released from the Denver Broncos today, too. Uh, so that is the Marvin Mins push-up a little bit. So, And obviously, you know, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are going to full command of that wide receiver room for sure. And then last but not least, Joe Burrow. This was a definitely a major scare last week when you saw the video of him limping very hard after running on a scramble. Calf strain out several weeks now. Depending on the severity of the strain, it could be a week or you'll be back. It could be, you know, up to six weeks for it to fully heal correctly. So is Joe Burrow becoming a player you're trying to now avoid in redrafts? Does he get pushed down at all? Are you still taking him in that round four or five range? Sign me up. Yeah. No. Okay. No concerns. Um, yeah. Good. Good. All right. Like it. All right. That's gonna. That's really easy. So no scare on Joe Burrow, guys. All right. We're done with the fantasy news, obviously, for the day. And now we get to our new fun segment of the show today. This is hopefully going to be very quickly and fast. I did not do it this time. It's a, the you Immaculate Grid. I'm joining this one. I did not I did not uh, partake in it this morning. I chose not to, so I figured because John wasn't going to be here, we'll do it real quick here. So if you guys don't know what this Immaculate Grid is, it's a really fun thing that uh, Pro Football Reference does. It's basically a grid of matching up players that maybe played for both teams, maybe had a, a, a high record season or all pros, fun things like that. So if you want to watch it, it's on our YouTube channel at The Fantasy Coaches. Obviously, it's a lot of fun we do. We're going to try to do this within the five minutes here, so we're not doing this all show, so we get to our main topic of the day. All right, guys, so basically we have the Buffalo Bills up top, the Los Angeles Rams in a 3,000-passing-yard season. On one side, on the other side, we have the Titans, the Chargers, and the Texans here. Now, does anyone have any off-the-bat players that they have in mind here? (laughs) You said a... So you have to come up with a player for the connecting row. So say the Chargers. I'll actually give us the first one here because I know it off the hat here. The Chargers and the Rams. One player that played for both teams, Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett. Boom. Easy peasy, just like that. Here. Oh, okay. So we could probably get this one here. The Los Angeles Chargers and a 3,000 passing yard season. 
So it's Chargers. Chargers in the 3,000 passing season. Yeah, pretty Justin easy Herbert. one. Justin Herbert. Boom. Just like that. We already got two in a row. This one seems kind of easy. I don't know. I didn't look into it. So, all right, we got two. So the cool thing about this is that you can't get what one wrong. Once you get one wrong, the whole board's basically shot for you. So you get nine tries, and that's it. And there's nine spots to fill. So uh where could we go here next you guys have an idea anywhere in particular you might see something that sticks out player wise so like a player that played for buffalo and houston texans like devin singletary no that won't work because he hasn't officially played with the texans yet um i got yeah there was one with the jets and the browns i said elijah moore and they got it wrong robert woods Robert Woods, that's a great. He hasn't no, played. Rob, yet. He hasn't played yet for that team. <laughs> it's garbage. <laughs> it is garbage. Stinking well, garbage. Maybe we can do the Titans and a three thousand passing season here. I would assume Tannehill did that. Yeah, yeah it's not Malik Willis. I think Tannehill did that. Yes, he did. Oh, that was easy. Oh. Boom. Uh, can we get the three thousand passing team and the Houston Texans? Be Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub. That seems pretty good. Yeah, match up. Probably, yes. Okay. Boom. So the higher the percentage, uh, the lower the percentage, the better. That means uh, we, so like, these we are older something. players, too. So give me Mario Williams for Houston Texans, Buffalo Bills. Houston Texans. Oh, yeah, it's every player. And defense, obviously, too. Oh, yeah. Now, now we're picking. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know Ooh. defense very as well, so that's why I usually stick to my offensive players, and I always get screwed. Tyrod Taylor, Chargers, and Bills. Yeah. Tyrod Taylor, Chargers, and Bills. That's a good one. Yeah. And then Robert Woods was the Rams and the Titans. Yes, that's the true. Robert Woods. Oh, this is an easy one today. I like this. Boom. So we, all we have is the Titans and Bills and the Texans and Rams. Do we have a player for either one of those two guys? <laughs> I've never completed a full one of these before, so I'm very excited right now. <laughs> I feel like there's like a tight end that played for both the Bills and the Titans. I just can't picture it off. The I was about to say Royce Freeman, but he hasn't started yet. But we've we've definitely finished this board if they would give us those. They would. Positions. Oh, they absolutely would. That's the thing that bothers me the most. Oh man, is there a quarterback that might have played for both teams? Running back. I feel like there was a wide receiver that played for the Titans and the Bills. Oh man, this is a ter- this is a definitely a tricky one here. Texans, Rams. See, the thing is, the defensive players. If I knew defensive players, I feel like this would be so much easier. That's the thing. I don't know defensive players well enough. Did it like Steve Slayton play for the Rams or something? I don't think so. I'm trying to think of someone like random that would have played for both teams. There. I was thinking where did Delaney Walker? Where he played the 49ers and Titans. He did. He did play 49ers and Titans. He did not play for the Bills. So, unfortunately not. Ooh, this Matt is a castle. T- for the Bills and Titans? I'm hoping, right? Uh, I think so. Matt Castle, 3%. Oh, yeah. That's a big one. Oh. Wow, that's a big one. Wow, that, that's that's real deep. I knew there was somebody. This last one, the Rams and the Texans. Yeah, this, this Photoshop Royce Freeman into there, or not Royce Freeman, uh, the other running back. Um, <laughs> uh, there has to be Bill somebody. Lindsay? Wait, Bill who was uh, Who was the other team? Oh, Rams and Titans. Rams and Titans. Oh, yeah, I was, I was saying Robert Woods would have been for that one, too. Um, would have been a good one for that one, definitely. David Johnson didn't get over to the Rams, right? It was the Saints, right, yeah. last year? Okay. Yeah. Uh, man. 
Brock Osweiler. I feel like some random backup quarterbacks would have like went to the Rams. Uh, Sam Bradford? No. No. Kenny Britt is what I was thinking, but that was Titans and Rams. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Mm. Uh, Texans is hard. It's just such a... It's a newer team. Mm-hmm. It's a new team, yeah. I, I, this is going to be tough. Yeah, we only got another minute here before we give up and we move on with the show today, but we, we did pretty good early on. I'm, I'm pretty yeah, proud of us, if honestly. If anyone is watching, please let us know where we got yeah, it. I'm trying to probably already with... Googled it. And, yeah. Uh, Rams and Texans. That's the hard part about this one. This one part of our show is just like, we're both trying to think and have someone has to talk the whole time and it's me, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. But uh. you know what? If we can't think of it in another 30 seconds here, we're just going to try Bob Woods and see how it goes. And if we don't get it, we don't get it. So, yeah. I mean, Royce Did, Freeman literally just signed with the Rams and he's from the Houston Texans. That's true. Did, did Brian played. Cushing play for the Rams at one point? I don't think so, but yeah. maybe. Yeah, I don't think uh, so either. Uh, man. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Boom. Yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Did he play for the Rams? Oh, wow. That's a good yeah, rarity score, that. too. That's a good rarity score, too. That's really good. We did a good job. 4%. Look at that. First time like ever he completing like- it. A small like five six game stint. Like he started at the Rams in his career, and Please then eventually that. he played one season at Lincoln with the Texans. Send this over so I can put it on the fridge. <laughs> I will. I will. All right, let's uh, let's stop sharing here. Now we'll get back to the main topic. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. We will be if depending on times with our show, we're going to be doing that uh, most weeks. So I think it's a little fun thing to do. And if you guys want to tune in and play along with us, you can. So all right. So let's get over to our main topic today. Obviously, like I said, we are talking about the tight end position. We're going through some busts. We're going through some breakouts and through some sleepers here. Now, it's really hard with the tight ends because we obviously know the tight end landscape is that you take the top few, and if not, you wait to the very end. So with busts, sleepers, and breakout, it's not going to be the easiest position compared to some of the other positions we've done so far this year. So we're going to do the best we can. And, of course, we're starting with our bust, obviously, So which is kind of hard because, honestly, after the top, what, five? six everyone else is just a big jumble aisle of people so we're gonna do the best we can here so dave you're our guest you get to go first my friend give us your tight end bus for 2023 yeah i feel like we as a community need to come up with some some standardization for these rules um i saw an article uh, or i saw a pr- pretty well-known website put that uh, curtis samuel was going to be a bust and i'm like he's not being drafted early enough to be a bust <laughs> So for me, a sleeper is someone that's being like 10 rounds, 10 or low back. And you can't, you know, as far as somebody, as far as a bust, they have to be drafted in the top 12 of their position. Um, I prefer really as a tight end, you know, top 10. And so like Pat Fryermuth for me, I know there's some love in the streets for Pat Fryermuth, but my, my concern is where he's being drafted. Do you feel comfortable with him over the guys that are being drafted next to him or even a couple rounds later, like I feel like you could get the similar production from players being drafted in the hundreds. And that's why I'm avoiding this. And, you know, another thing JJ Zacharyson talks about is you're looking for, you're looking for a guy that's going to be a top two option on his team. Not going to happen in this case. He might be third or fourth in the pecking order. And you want to see someone that's tied to a good quarterback. So is his quarterback being drafted inside the top 24 that's top 24 is a low standard. 
is his quarterback being drafted in the top 12? So his quarterback is borderline <laughs> top 24. He's not in the top three. And you're looking at tight end nine. Allen Robinson, I don't think he's going to light the world on fire, but I think he's going to be a problem as far as Pat Fryermuth and him occupying the similar space. Deontay Johnson's going to get 100-plus targets. Pickens probably going to get 100-plus targets. Najee Harris, if he's healthy, he's going to get 80 targets. There's just not a lot of meat on the bone for Pat Frymuth, and I don't think Kenny Pickett can sustain all these pieces. Like, you look at from ADP standpoint, Harris is being drafted ahead of Muth, Johnson's getting ahead, drafted ahead of Muth, and so is Pickett. So he's fourth in the packing order from Kenny Pickett. No, I, 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 do, I do like this one. Uh, like I said, I still like Pat Frymuth as in a general sense of drafting him, not where his ADP is. If he falls... I do like him because I feel like he could still be the second option. I know that George Pickens is supposed to take this ascension to this next level here. Obviously, this coming here, they have Robinson, like you mentioned, a lot of players on the team. But I feel like he could still be that safety option outside of Deontay Johnson over the middle of the field, especially in the red zone uh, for this coming season. Now, again, do we trust Kenny Pickett? That's a big question. Um, but he was tight end 11 with Kenny Pickett when he finally got on the field. But you're drafting him two picks, two two spots earlier. I mean, that it makes a ton of sense why he's a bust for this year. Because yeah, I think he could be a tight end one, but tight end twelve, sure. But you're drafting him as a tight end nine with upside potentially. There's no upside in Pat McFarmuth. So yeah, I do agree. I think like where he's getting drafted is basically at his price. So um, if everything goes right, I am a believer in Kitty Pickett. You know, I think he might little have a little spice this year, and I think Pat. Firemuth also could deliver, but like it's not justified right now. Um, and you also know, like the tight ends could just shuffle up and down. Like, like Steve just said, he could be tight end 11, and you could see, like, God forbid, like uh, David Njoku or something who's getting drafted as a tight end 10 creep up and above him. So um, it's, a, it's a really dice moment, but like, I feel like when I draft tight ends this late and I don't get one of the top guys, like, I'm just pinpointing value. What was the best one I could get at the right price? And he's probably not on that top of that list. So, Agreed, agreed. All right. That was a good one, Dave. All right, Jibs, over to your tight end bus for 2023. Who you got for us? It's going to be Cole Komet, I believe. He's currently being drafted as a tight end 13 right now. Um, for some reason, they got Chig pretty high. So I think like some of that will fluctuate. And he's pretty much being drafted as a top 12 tight end. So, like, I'm scared of his utilization. Um, obviously, a lot of people are expecting a jump for Justin Fields this season, but I'm not a positive that's going to make Cole Komet as appealing. Um, he finished as a tight end seven last year. He had 69 targets, 60 reception, I mean, 50 receptions and seven touchdowns for 500 or 600 something yards. But, like, he was a leading receiver on the Bears. Now they have DJ Moore. Every time you look at your Twitter thing, DJ Moore, Justin Fields, this, DJ Moore, that, DJ Moore, this. I also I hear about the Bears camp. So, like, they got this guy. They brought him in for a reason. And you're telling me Cole Komet's going to, like, deliver on, like, some of the stuff he did last year, being a leading receiver and whatnot. I think it's a DJ Moore show, and I think he's going to be more of a touchdown or a bust tight end. And I kind of don't want to do that if I'm missing out on, like, some of the guys – in the top 12 or top 10. So like, if you're one of these suckers who missed out on the whole tight end barrage, just don't do Cole Komet. It's a fast, it's a fade for me. Dave, how do you feel about it? Do you agree or disagree? Yeah. Again, it's similar. Um, you're looking at someone that it's just, you can get similar production from guys that are lower 
Um, he benefited last year from no one else being around. And DJ Moore and and is gonna take zap away a lot of a lot of the uh you know targets and, and production for him. It's not that I don't like Komet, it's not that I don't like Pat Firemuth, but these are guys that I feel like are being drafted more towards their ceiling. And so that's where you get the bust where like 124, I'm okay with this, but I, again, you could probably get someone cheaper that's going to offer the same or better production and you're going to get a better player at the, you know, 124 spot. Right. And I feel like even at that spot that you could still get like maybe like a, a backup running back that could just break out this year or take over an injury replacement and wait until the very end of your draft to grab a tight end, especially the ones, one of my sleeper tight ends, that's for sure. But I mean, I love Komet as a person, but in a general sense, like it just didn't make sense. He leads the team in targets with 69. This team isn't going to be passing the ball a whole bunch more than what they're doing this past season here. They have a new number one target hog on this offense. They have a lot of weapons uh, to get the ball around. And Cole Komet was really only good when he scored a touchdown. If he didn't score a touchdown, his game was five, six fantasy points on the day. It wasn't great. So you're drafting, like I think one of you guys said, at the ceiling for them. So I completely agree with this one too, Jibs. I hate it. I don't want to, I would love to disagree, but I can't. So Kyle said, uh, yeah, that makes a ton of sense there, Kyle. I like oh, yeah. it. Yeah, hell yeah. All right, over to my tight end bust here. And I think I got the highest one so far, tight end eight with Evan Ingram this year. The manager signed himself it. a nice extension this season here. Uh, but with Evan Ingram, I feel like his season last year was kind of fraud-like a little bit there. He had a really good season. Obviously, he got it paid for it. He obviously had a good year for us in fantasy. But was it really that good? If you look back into his game per game situation, if you take away the four weeks where he just exploded for us in the playoffs, and people remember players that helped them win championships, uh, week 13, week 16, he had like 367 yards and three touchdowns, showing that he has some kind of upside in his game. Absolutely. But if you take that away and you take his per game average outside of those four weeks, he was tight end 20. One touchdown, no touchdown upside. He really isn't a touchdown machine. His highest has been, I think, this past season. Um, so for me, it's like when you come into the new year with Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, uh, Christian Kirk, you have two pass-catching running backs in ETN and Tank Bigsby. I don't want to pay for someone who just came off a career year, and that's kind of what you're doing. I don't really see a situation where Evan Ingram takes another level. I know this offense in the past had used tight ends uh, back, you know, when uh, – Who's the head coach? I can't think of his name. Jibs, who's who's the Eagles' old head coach? What was this guy's name? Doug. Doug, yeah, Doug, Doug Peterson. Peterson. Thank you. Thank you, Doug Peterson. Yes, he used tight ends back in the day with uh, Zach Ertz and whatnot. But, like, you know, did the Eagles really have two elite wide receivers? Not, not that often there. I mean, they use their tight ends. So, with Evan Ingram, I just don't like this. I feel like you're drafting him at his potential ceiling if everything goes right. And I'm still I'm t- nervous about that. Yes, he had a fantastic year. Don't get me wrong. He had a great year last year, but you're you're drafting the guy. I think that could be in for regression. 95 targets. Does he get to 95? I don't know. I don't know if he's two, three, four in the pecking order. That's with him. It's like he had a good year. I'm not paying for a career season last year. So for me, Evan Ingram, for me, I think we'll have a be a bust this year. So do you guys agree with me? Do you guys disagree? <laughs> like I thought about putting them on my bus list so I, I do agree with your points there's definitely a lot of kicks, cooks in the kitchen so um uh and tight ends could be finicky so like the historical usage of doug peterson's offense like you have all valid points so 
Yeah, it, it's it goes again. Like these mid round tight ends are hard because you're struggling to find somebody. Yeah. But like there's a whole clump of them that could finish here. And the the beauty of Evan Ingram last year was you're getting him at pick 180 and versus pick 80. And so um yeah, like he's it's gonna be hard for him to to repeat last year with Calvin Ridley on the field. Um I do think Zay Jones is the one that gets hurt the most. Uh, that Evan Ingram will still have a good season, but does he have a top five season again? Probably not um, because he's going to be behind Kirk and Ridley in targets on a team that's you know going to run, run the ball quite a bit and still has Zay Jones and other players. Of course. And again, the word bust for, uh, for fantasy is a player who, where's my thing here? A highly regarded player who will underperform in 23. And I just, he's a highly regarded player, did very well last year, very good player. But does he live up to tight end eight? That's a big issue for me. And I don't think he does. So, saying, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he has more upside than Pratt Firemuth. Kyle just said that. Uh, I, I believe, do agree with that because I feel like he's a more athletic tight end. But in a general sense, kind of avoiding him if I can, especially at where he's going in draft. So, all right. Enough for the negative talk today, guys. That was it. That's, that's why I love getting the best out of the way. I love getting the positive stuff. Finish the show strong here. So, uh, Dave, we're back to you, my friend. I think we're doing breakouts now. So give us your breakout tight end for 2023. Yeah. And so uh, low hanging fruit. Uh, but Marcus Grant said it tastes the same as the stuff on the top. And you don't have to work so hard for it. Everybody knows that Chig is on everybody's breakout list. He's probably the thumbnail and the star of the show. And it's because last year he was number one in yards per route run, number one in yards after the catch, and number one in receiving grade versus single coverage. He also was, was top seven at the tight end position at, at force missed tackles. And you're looking at a guy as far as number one in targets per route run. And so this guy, all the metrics scream that, you know, yes, it's a small sample size, but that this guy has potential breakout. I know DeAndre Hopkins is there, and that is probably helping to make his price point a little better. If not, he might be in the other conversation of bust because he was getting up there where he was going to be a top 10 tight end. He was, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so tight end 11 now, I think it'll go down a little bit when you have DeAndre Hopkins there. But DeAndre Hopkins just got there. Traylon, Bur- Traylon Burks hit or miss last season. And so I know everyone kind of anointed him as the number one. Now you have Hopkins. But it's really – Chig is going to be a top three, top three producer on this offense. And we've seen very similar stuff to what we saw with Johnny Smith in this offense. And as far as catching the ball, this guy doesn't drop. He has no issues with drops. And what you love with a tight end when you're looking for upside, what can they do deep down the field? And what can they do after the catch? And this guy is one of the best tight ends in the NFL at that. He has very good lateral quickness. And, you know, most of these tight ends are, you know, catch and fall down. They don't break tackles. And they don't get a whole bunch of yards after the catch. This guy's got some wiggle. He's got some speed. And he's got a breakout potential. Chibs, do you agree with the with all Dave's aboard pick? the Chig train, baby? <laughs> all aboard the Chig train. Like, <laughs> like I feel like DeAndre Helpins is probably even helping out. Like you have like a prolific like intermediate like wide receiver, and then like obviously Traylon Burks is trying to ascend as a wide receiver, but like dude, he has speed and physicality for days. So like I think him stretching the field and leaving Shig right there and open and Derrick Henry, it's like a force of nature out there for the Tennessee Titans offense. So 
Um, breakout caliber, yes. Um, I'm definitely hoping his ADP drops even more as uh, the DeAndre Hopkins uh, news gets embedded and there's more drafts. So we'll probably have to clear a picture in a couple of weeks, but uh, I'm all in. Yeah, I'm, see, I'm torn with it because I was I was in on the breakout season before Hopkins, and I don't again I don't even like Hopkins in Tennessee. I feel like that's going to end up being a, a bad thing at the end of the day. Um, see, the thing is, I'm I'm hoping the target share is going to be there for him. Like he's going to see enough targets to keep him consistent. Because the way I see it is that I feel like his his potential because he was so efficient last year. He needs to be efficient again this year. Uh, if he's not efficient, that's what things get wrong. And again, that's the, that's the point of a breakout. You know, they have the potential to really just make a fantasy season happen for you. But again, for me, there's some downside still. Again, he's a breakout. I agree. I do agree. But to me, it's a little bit more risky than it was a couple weeks ago. So to me, the target share isn't there. But I I do think it helps with DeAndre Hopkins there being more downfield targets in that long run. But he has to be efficient when when he gets the target opportunity. So that's the only thing about Chick. The only thing I'm concerned about is the opportunities for targets. I completely agree. It was a... Cla- uh, it was sunny and now it's like partly cloudy or cloudy skies for his like outlook. So. Right, and that's that's kind of way I feel about it. But it's still a good one there, Dave. So it's not hard. To argue. It's too hard. To argue. Not enough to argue about it. So I like it. All right, Jibs, give us your take on breakout for the year. All right. Um, by your definition, the guy is going to have his best season or something. So um, Gerald Everett. Um, and statistically, at his best season ever last year, he finished as a tight end 13 in PPR leagues, 58 receptions, 555 yards, and four touchdowns. Um, and obviously, I know we just banged on it before, but Everett has a lot of competition with targets. You have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, you have Quentin Johnson now, even Austin Eckler. But um, I'm going to go with like offensive philosophy again. Like if you heard of show last week, Kellen Moore, he's the OC for the Chargers now. And um, he was uh, there for four years as OC, and um, I believe he had four tight ends finish in the top 12 each year. So <laughs> if this is uh, average well. year, it's going to happen. And um, I believe um, if you want to run it down, his um, tight ends, you had Jason Wynn and Dalton Schultz for three years. They basically averaged 70 receptions, 632 yards, five touchdowns, and a team target share of like 20 percent it's going to be hard to replicate with the chargers but i do like some some of the opportunity and where you're getting them at in drafts so dave how do you feel about jared everett do you believe in a breakout potential or no yeah i mean with the with the price tag you can put him in the sleeper category too <laughs> um you know I, I think he knew better than last year and i love the point about kellen moore um when it comes down to it you're looking at um, you know, a lot of people out there want to say, well, this is what happened last year. Well, if there's a new offensive coordinator and new players on the team, it's really hard to say this is what happened last year. But the offensive coordinators' trends will definitely be predictive. You look at Mike McCarthy, like Mike McCarthy's taking over as a play caller. You can look at what he did at Green Bay and translate it to projecting for this year. And Kellen Moore, absolutely. And so, yeah, there's a lot of mouths to feed, but there's going to be a lot of food on the table. Kellen Moore throws the ball a lot, and this is a very fast-paced offense. Joe Lombardi was another, you know, kind of an old-school approach, and so you're not seeing such a fast-paced offense. Like, that's you're going to see that with the Ravens. Like, maybe they're not going to pass the ball a whole lot more as far as, like, a percentage-wise, but they're going to have a whole lot more plays run because they're not moving at a snail's pace every time they touch the field. Mm-hmm. And so this is going to be a fast-paced offense, you're going to see a lot of no huddle and you're going to see a lot of 
throwing the ball because you're going to see Justin Herbert seeing Gerald Everett against the, the tiny little corner, and he's going to he's going to throw the ball to him. Yeah, no, I, I do like this one there. Harlow Lachibs here, uh, kind of going off my point for my sleeper, but uh, yeah, Kellen Moore is going to help make this offense great, and Gerald was going to be a big part of this offense here. Um, especially when you know what the injury concerns with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams coming in off the field here, you know, Jared Everett was able to be really good last year, tight end 14. Um, I, I feel like there's potential, especially where you're getting him out in drafts and you might not even draft, he might not even get drafted. That's the thing. He could end up having a wave of wire breakout season this coming year <laughs> and I'm in, I'm in for it. So I like that one there. All right. Over to my tight end breakout this year. It's Sam Laporta as a rookie. Yes. I'm picking the rookie to go and break out this upcoming season here. I mean, Sam Laporta is just fantastic. I loved him coming out of the draft. He's someone just hands, route running ability, be able to work all over the field. You're hearing plenty of things out of camp that they're going to get this guy the ball. He's playing with the first team already. That He said he's earned that already approach here. A guy who can move the chains, good at tracking the ball downfield here. And again, they need somebody to step here up here in Detroit. They have Amon St. Brown. He's going to be a machine monster. But they don't have a number two option currently at the moment, unless you consider Gibbs is obviously that option, which he can definitely be for sure. Uh, but with Hawkinson last year, when he was there, he was second on the team in targets. And I think Sam Laporta can kind of fill in that role very well. You know, Jared Goff has done very well over the years with tight ends. He's played well with them. He's helped Tyler, helped Tyler Higby come out. Uh, he helped, you know, Jared Everett at times when he was there. Obviously, him and Hawkinson played well this past year before he was traded. Uh, so, Sam Laporta, you're getting him so late in drafts that he could truly make a difference for your team here and have a really big season ahead of him this year. And I'm excited for, again, Dan Campbell's a former tight end. I'm sure you would love to see a player who he, who he loves just break out as a rookie here. So uh, where Sam Laporta is going, I expect a big breakout season for him this coming year. And you're going to get him in round 12, 13, 14, 15 in drafts. So. Do you guys agree? Do you agree in the rookie? I know it's tough. Rookies are hard to break out year one. I get yeah, it. Uh, it's very hard. I do get it. But And I know it's against the norm, but I feel like with this guy and the opportunity he has in this offense here, it just makes so much sense. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's tough. It's the, the, Dalton Kincaid was going to be on my, my pick, and uh, I shied away because it is so rare that you see you know a, a tight end breakout year one. Um, but the logic behind it makes sense. And Jameson Williams, there's been a lot of negative reviews about like what's been that. going on in camp. Um, I don't, I mean, may, that just doesn't sound good. I do think that Gibbs is the number two target, but Laporta could be the number three target or at least the number three target for a good portion of the season. Um, he is a good, you know, he's a versatile tight end that can do both things. I think he's behind Kincaid as far as the potential for a breakout this year. Um, it's just you're 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 going against history because I I think uh, you know a top top twelve tight end since 2011 um, I think six percent is your yeah. uh, that's the that so Ooh, that's a hell of a hit rate it is um, I'm not too sold on it but like I do get your case about like the enthusiasm and the whole like offensive scheme so like if you do like try to go with this like avenue you should definitely pick like some low upside guy and pair him with them. So at least like you can have like your breakout happening. Cause you obviously don't think it's going to happen in the beginning of the year. It's going to take some time. So give it some time and let it simmer. So um, not completely still coach Steve, but <laughs> you definitely been right. And I've you been don't take Laporta, like you said, you don't take Laporta as your tight end one, 
But you take Laporta as your tight end two or three instead of uh, a guy like Hayden Hurst that's got a low floor and no upside. And Laporta, if he craps out week two or three, you're just dropping him out of the waiver wires. But if he's good, then you got him. You don't spend any fabs. So, like, I'm totally fine shooting for the upside with your, you know, second or third tight end. He'll be a tight. He'll, he'll be a top twelve tight end after week one. I'll tell you that. He'll play her. her his week one performance will be a top twelve tight end. I'll, Book I'll bet. Bookmark it now. Bookmark it now. All right. So let's get over to some sleepers. Some guys, you know, you know who, you know, you're not really thinking about too much, but is going to have a pretty good season ahead of them. They might not be a breakout season, but they're going to have a pretty decent year. So, uh, Dave, you're back to you, my friend. Give us your sleeper tight end for twenty three. Juana man. Uh, Juwan Johnson. Love this pick. Um, got him. Actually, what, what I, I had is ADP a little bit lower than this, but tight end 17. Um, this guy quietly had some breakout tendencies just last year. Um, you look at his, his touchdowns, he had seven, which is fourth amongst tight ends. His A dot, you know, again, we're talking about you're looking for uh, a guy that's going to have um, a top six season. You want to get a thousand yards of air yards and you want to get a hundred targets. I don't think he's going to get a hundred targets, but I think he gets a lot more air yards than some of the guys we've mentioned earlier. He had 9.4 as far as his average depth of target. He was ninth in air yards amongst the tight ends and ninth, ninth in unrealized air yards. And we don't know what this, this offense is going to look like. It's got Derek Carr, got a lot of changes. Michael Thomas is supposedly back <laughs> again. Um, <laughs> You have Chris Olave, you got Rashid Shahid, and Juwan Johnson as the three guys that have been talked about the most coming out of Saints camp. And and this guy, you're talking about an athletic profile. He's got an athletic profile, converted receiver, has got good lateral quickness, and can make people miss. And then as far as red zone targets, this guy was targeted heavily in the red zone. So, you know, all the stuff that, you know, I'm not trying to call this guy Darren Waller, but all the stuff you saw Derek Carr do, Throwing across the middle of the field to a you know a, a tight end or catching the tight end in the red zone, that's what Juwan Johnson's going to be doing this year. Coach Jibs, how do you feel about this? Um, <laughs> I was just going to joke around, but are you like concerned about the Jimmy Graham acquisition and also having <laughs> and also having um, I forget his name, Foster Moreau there as well. Foster Moreau is is interesting, um, but I, I he's more of a blocking tight end, converted fullback. Um, so I, I'm not concerned. I know he's got a connection with Derek Carr in the past, but uh, this you know this team um, had he was on the offense last year, and so he's got a uh, he's gotten up on him. I mean Taysom Hill, maybe I'm a little bit more concerned about. Yeah, um, yeah. more concerned that Taysom Hill plays at quarterback at any point. Nice. Um, but yeah, I think I think Johnson as far as a sleeper. I think uh, you're getting them at a good price. I had him down as tight end 21. So tight end 17, maybe this uh, episode got out got a little too late. Uh, <laughs> I, I might have not. That was the only – tight end position was the only one I didn't relook at again because I was just – I just posted. So maybe like – maybe I'm a little wrong. So, but well, I, I got a tweet from the Joe Holka show. It says, Juwan Johnson, ADP, 171, tight end 21. I mean that's possible. I could be wrong. So, but I do like this pick here a lot. I feel like with every with all these like recent like signings and everything like that, everyone's kind of like kind of turning off on Johnson. I feel like he was getting hype 
at some point during the offseason, but now I feel like it's kind of falling down a little bit. <laughs> on Fantasy Pros, this is exactly what it is on Fantasy Pros. That's where I get my stuff from. But, yeah, I do like this pick a lot there. I feel like Derek Carr has had good connection with tight ends, especially in the red zone plenty of times over the career. Uh, you know, you saw he had seven touchdowns last year to tight ends. He's been very good at getting the tight ends the ball in the end zone. And John Johnson is just a touchdown machine, so I do like this one. He's should be good for you. I don't think there's a breakout potential where he's having career highs, but another really solid season ahead of him for sure. All right, Jibs, over to yours. Give us your sleeper for 2023. Uh, real quick, it's going to be Tyler Higby, and uh, he's coming mm-hmm. off the board as a mid-range tight end, tight end 16. And I think there should be more love for him. I understand the perception with his tight end six finish last year in PPR leagues was due to this subpar QB play, no Cooper Cup, lack of offensive weapons. So he was basically the only guy getting a 20% target share. But like this year, Matt Stafford should be healthy. We're all crossing our fingers for draft to Cooper Cup high. And then like that much change like offensively with the Rams. Like Odell Beckham's gone. Van Jefferson's still there. They have a rookie receiver. But as far as I'm concerned, Tyler Higby's still in the same situation as he was last year. Maybe off some good positive touchdown regression because he only scored three touchdowns last year. And I'm just looking forward to I think where you're getting him at in drafts, he could definitely outperform that. That's why he's a sleeper. He's definitely not having a breakout season. <laughs> so um there you go. And now you know. Now you know. Dave, how do you feel about Tyler Hickby as a sleeper? Yeah, I think he was on my short list that I sent you. Yes. Um, you know, he's just a guy that, again, you're looking at someone that could be a top, potentially top three as far as targets in his offense. It is attached to a good quarterback. My only concern with Tyler Higby is Matthew Stafford's health. And mm-hmm. so if, if, if Stafford plays an entire season, this team's going to be playing from behind quite a bit. And so they're going to throw the ball a lot. Can they protect Stafford? And can he stay healthy are, you know, kind of the big questions here. But um, it's Van Jefferson, Ben Skronik, and, you know, people are getting hyped about Puka Nakua. Um, that's pretty much it. And so, um, yeah, Tyler Igby was a very good PPR option for a lot of the portion of last year, and people are just forgetting about him. So, um, yeah, and I like this pick. Yeah, and the Scott Fishbowl, I, I did a combo of Tyler Higby and Sam LaPorta. That was my tight end. Oh, so. that's a great combo. I felt safe floor, upside play, so hopefully it pans out because I do like Tyler Higby. I think he's a solid tight end. He could be easily the number two target in this offense here. So I feel yeah. like I hate to dis- – I want to disagree with somebody, but I feel like just so hard to disagree with tight ends is just like you, you know it or you don't know it when it comes to tight ends. So. Well, you drafted the Jib special. Does that come with fries and a Coke? <laughs> oh, yeah. You got and you got Higby. I mean, come on. <laughs> I wish it did. That'd be great. I'd love that at the time. Happy meal. That'd be fun. Happy meal just showed up on my doorstep. Uh, All right. So let's get over to my final sleeper of the night here, guys. It's Jake Ferguson. Dallas Cowboys starting tight end. Tight end 29. Tight end. He says, hello, my name is Jake Ferguson. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Tight end 29. Obviously, you're probably not going to draft him. But if you really wanted to just bomb the whole tight end position, and say, so, you know what, I'm taking Jake Ferguson with my last pick. It's not the worst idea you could possibly do. We mentioned about the whole Kellen Moore offense or just in general, but it's not even about Kellen Moore. It's about Dak Prescott, to be honest here, and his ability to give the tight ends. You know, Dak Prescott has always produced a stable tight end over his career, whether or not it was because of the offensive coordinator or the talent of the player. He's been pretty good. Tight end 10, tight end 3, tight end 14, tight end 12, tight end 27. There was one year when he was tight end 27 as Blake Jarwin, but he missed seven games. So I'm not really putting that one into perspective. And then tight end 10, tight end 12. 
So if he could get to tight end 14, I wouldn't say it's a breakout season, but you got a selfish solid tight end you drafted with your last pick. Or if you want to just bomb it and just not take a tight end, you take him in the last pick. Even if you look at what's going on in this offense here, they have a lot of pass catchers. Yes, yes, yes. But Dak Prescott's always loved tight ends, no matter what it has been, whether it's in the red zone, whether it's just short yardage, he's always loved tight ends. And they drafted Luke Shoemaker in the second round. Well, he hasn't been playing. He's not even on the field yet. He's in. He's off on the on the uh, NFI right now. He's not playing football right now. So Jake Ferguson is going to get more reps, more opportunities to actually get himself on the field and be the starting tight end for this team here. And I'm excited to see what he's able to do here. Um, in the one game that he played as a starter without Dalton Schultz on the field, he had four tar- six targets, four catches, 40 yards, and a touchdown. Pretty solid day overall for a tight end, that's for sure. Now, will he do that every week? Probably not. But he should have opportunity in this offense here with a guy who loves to throw to his tight ends and have opportunity in the red zone. Um, and if he can get to tight end 14, you feel like you got yourself a pretty good tight end that you didn't really have to do much to get. So uh, for me, Jake Ferguson's my sleeper. I like what I saw out of, the, out of him coming into the league here, and I'm, I'm excited to see if he can actually step up and, and make a name for himself in the NFL. So how do you guys feel about this? pretty hard not to agree but maybe you don't (laughs) i agree it's just i love when like the dynasty like small names come back to the redraft like so you get like a little bit of love there um he's on a couple of my taxi squads i'm gonna have to get him off there eventually but like if there's a way there's a clear path to targets for him or a clear path to opportunity it's well why not and throw him to the waivers if he's not good that's all it's true yeah, I mean, when you're you're going for it at these, you know, uh, Ferguson, um, Tyler Conklin, uh, Irv Smith Jr., I mean, yes, the likelihood of these guys hitting is very small, but the cost to acquire is not a lot. And so, like, you know, I, I like this pick. And, you know, you look at the Cowboys, it should be um, it should be a good offense. I know they got Brandon Cooks and, you know, Michael Gallup to go with CeeDee Lamb. So um, it caps his upside. He's not going to get the same kind of target share that Dalton Schultz got. But um, this, de- this guy could definitely exceed um, his, uh, his ADP by a lot, um, just in the fact that he's a starting tight end, and he's tight end 29. So he's, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. There's almost backup tight ends being drafted ahead of him. So he's got very little – you know, the bar is very low. Uh, but, yeah, um, you know – a guy, the guy that's a backup tight end I wanted to bring up is Isaiah Likely. Yes. And so, um, He's probably going ahead of him. If, if Mark Andrews, anything were to happen, like talk about like a, a late-round best ball pick, like Isaiah Likely is someone that has humongous upside. Like you talk about like handcuffing, like Tony Pollard and Alexander Madison were like the premier handcuffs in the, the most recent years of like running backs. Isaiah Likely is the rare like handcuff because if – Let's say Mark Andrews were to miss the entire season this year. He just said, I'm done with football, retire. Isaiah, Isaiah likely would instantly be a top 12 tight end. To the moon, to the moon. Skyrocket. So you talk about upside, like before I said or like earlier, like I'm not going to draft a guy like Hayden Hurst and just be like, well, I got good depth. No, I, don't, I never want a day that I have to start him in my lineup. But Isaiah likely, like he's sitting there and one play away from being a monster. Oh. 100% absolutely I mean he's from what I'm hearing on camp he's catching the second most balls outside of Mark Andrews so uh don't be surprised if his name gets called more than enough times in this offense. <laughs> he, could have, he could have some decent vo- I mean he could have some decent value just just alone 
Yeah, he absolutely could. It'd probably be a shock, not a shocker, but it'd be a little surprise, but not a shocker for sure. So, oh, and to stick with this, I forgot in the news to mention this because we're on the Cowboys right now before we finish the show. Ronald Jones is suspended two games, guys. I know he's not a big player, but that definitely gives Malik Davis a little bit more comfort as a backup. So I'm just cashing in. So I had no idea KJ Hamler was cut, but I had an article come out yesterday that had 16 cut candidates. KJ Hamler was on it. Oh, really? My article comes out tomorrow, and my cut candidate is Ronald Jones. Oh, perfect! I love. I that. have no idea about either of these things, so hey, we're coming bases. That's what I. That's what I do. I just I sit here and I know things. So, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> a little Game of Thrones reference, almost. But uh, yeah, guys. So that is going to wrap up our show tonight. I uh, hope you guys all enjoyed it. Obviously, we love talking fantasy with you guys. Trying to give you guys uh, breaking news on the spot, obviously, and just in general sense good information for to help your championship run, whether you're drafting right now or you're in your dynasty and you want to know about players. We're just here to help you guys just do great. So uh, Dave, man, I always love having you on the show. I always love getting you on here when we can. Uh, if there's anything you want to go and say, the floor is yours, my friend. Check us out. Uh, SportsGamblingPodcast.com and SGPN Fantasy. Uh, we have everything. Dynasty, best ball, IDP, um, anything fantasy football. And uh, Steve's going to be a guest here soon. He just doesn't know it yet. Hey, that <laughs> surprise. And of course, Coach Jibs, anything you want to mention before we get going? Um, I'm definitely not drafting tight ends. I'm just gonna do the waiver wire tight end draft. We'll be talking about that soon in a few <laughs> in a few weeks. So get ready for that. But again, I've always guys, thanks for listening. Whether you're listening live on our YouTube channel at the Fantasy Coaches or what you're listening afterwards on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we do really appreciate it. Uh, please go ahead and continue to check out our stuff on YouTube. I'll be posting some more uh, player outlooks in a very little bit this week. Uh, go follow us over on Twitter or Twitter or X, whatever it's called now. Uh, uh, <laughs> Coaches Fantasy, of course. And just continue to like and subscribe all of our stuff to just help us out, give us some good stuff. Obviously, I think Kyle said great episode, guys. I love that, Kyle. Thanks for always tuning in. For sure. Said, Kyle said he loves that, Jib, so yeah. appreciate that. But uh, we thank you all for listening. And tune in next time. The back is not far fetched. We got a couple of clock hands. I've been feeling super duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me, don't be a loser. Grass is green like pooper scoopers. Clueless analysts don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act interacting. Shh, like boom, running like zoom. The highest and mightiest entered the room. High off the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. All players cover this nuts as legumes. Opponents are doomed, and these are the facts. I keep it 100 like I'm running track. Listen up, Jack. I'ma head back. Back to the blowing up, blowing up, blowing up. Go.